Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What's going on, podcast family? I hope that wherever you are in the world, you are doing amazing. We've got an incredible episode for you today. We have a former NFL Super Bowl champion, Ryan Harris, and he is the author of the new book, Mindset for Mastery, an NFL Champion's Guide to Reaching Your Greatness. This is an epic episode. I know you're going to love it. There's tons of uh, practical insight from somebody who's reached the pinnacle in sport and some would say life. Um, It's a lot of people's dreams to reach uh, NFL championship, NBA championship, the highest level of sport, and he did it. Um, So we talk about the book of five rings, the art of failure, uh, the power words, I am, I can, I will, uh, why failure is not failing, Uh, failure is not fatal, looking at your processes, opportunity to learn, how to overcome doubters, the power of work ethic, uh, why we have the right to be extraordinary. This is an amazing episode. Ryan's an awesome guy. I know you're going to love it. If you like this episode, take screenshots as you go along. Please share them on social media, Facebook. That really helps to get the word out. Leaving podcast reviews really helps. So if you haven't left a review over on iTunes, you can do that. Um, Thank you so much to all my patrons. It helps immensely. Um, when you support on Patreon, thank you so very much, Debbie Strickler, for chipping in and um, and becoming a patron. I really appreciate that. But the best thing that you can do is one act of kindness today. If you want to support the episode, just do one act of kindness. Hold the door open, pay it forward, get someone's coffee, pick up a piece of trash. Just do one thing um, to you know, make somebody's day brighter, listen to somebody. So that's the best thing you can do to support the podcast. Um, I want to thank my new partner, the podcast act, app Himalaya. They're epic. They're easy to use. They're allowing you to do playlists. They have um, save playlists to help you build a podcast community, discover new podcasts. I'm over there. So go check out Himalaya. That's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A. And when you get over there, um, make sure to follow the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. Give me a shout out and um, would love to see you over there. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. So let's get into it with uh, one breath. Oh, and you can also sign up for the email list. If you want some coaching, go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And that's all the other stuff I got to say for my own crap. Um, So let's get into it. So wherever you are in the world, let's stop what you're doing. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just with your intention, come to a powerful state of peace and presence and awareness now. Just becoming aware of your body as you hold that breath in and as you let that breath out slowly, Release all the cares, all the worries, all the stresses, and all the frustrations, realizing that you will be okay, that you are powerful, divine, grateful, incredible being. All right, there we go. Let's get into this incredible episode with Super Bowl champion, Ryan Harris. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. 
Today's guest is a Super Bowl champion and a 10-year veteran of the NFL. He played left tackle for the Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 championship year. He played college football at the University of Notre Dame, where he graduated with two degrees, one in economics and policy and the other in political science. He is a practicing Muslim and currently resides with his family in Denver, Colorado. Off the field, he believes that together we can change the world. He believes that it is our right to be extraordinary, that when we embrace that right, we create positive change in the world and through our commitment to educate ourselves, invest in our communities and act on our passions, real change happens. He is the best-selling author of the new book, Mindset for Mastery, an NFL champion's guide to reaching your greatness. Welcome to the show, Ryan Harris. I Man, I feel like I just entered the boxing ring or something, man. You know, <laughs> or something. You know, oh, man, it's an honor to share this space with you, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, me too. And I got so excited um, reading your bio, and when you'd reached out, um, just because of the work you're doing. Obviously, there's synergies of of the work that I'm trying to do with Zen Athlete, and uh, we had a very brief discussion before. But I'm just so happy that somebody who's you know made it to the pinnacle an nfl champion so many millions of kids dreams is writing a book about mindset and and yeah. what's the you know the important part about it so um thank you so much for coming on why don't you give the audience a little bit of background of uh like who you are and how you got to where you are today yeah well uh i am ryan harris the aforementioned introduced you know uh, <laughs> but uh from st paul minnesota originally uh went to university of notre dame Played four years there, got two degrees in three and a half years, got drafted by the Denver Broncos in 2007, got fired by the Denver Broncos in 2011, uh, then went to play for the Houston Texans for two years, the Kansas City Chiefs for a year, and then came back to the Broncos with Gary Kubiak, who was then at the time the coach with the Texans when I was there, and then finished up after we won Super Bowl 50 uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So wrapped up a 10-year NFL career. And now, as you mentioned, I'm a best-selling author. I'm also a broadcaster. I have a sports talk show here in Denver, weekdays 10 to 2. Search uh, Harris Hastings in Dover and click to subscribe on iTunes Podcast. Uh, but also do stuff. I do the, I'm the Notre Dame football radio analyst, so I'll be at the Cotton Bowl uh, doing that. So you can tune in there as well. And I do a lot of post-game for CBS here, Altitude TV, and uh, Fox 31 here in Denver. Like crap, man, that's a lot. So, so <laughs> well, why don't why don't we start about like um, I don't know where to start. Like probably I guess what your book, like what the inspiration behind the book was, and you know what it what's it all about? What's in there? Yeah, for me, and maybe you've read this book too, the Book of Five Rings. It really had a tremendous impact on me in my in my life and career, and uh, just the other the other books that I've read, The Alchemist, things like that, the Quran, other other books that really changed my life. I've I've known and experienced the power of books, and and one of the things for me in becoming a Super Bowl champion, man, I want people to have that moment in their life, you know, whether it's in, personally or in their business. And I thought that through writing the book, you know, one of the things with athletes, as you know, people think we don't fail, and pra athletes practice failure all the time. And I always say we talk about failure less than we talk about sex. So I talk about my failures, how I overcame them, and it was all through my mindset and, and choosing people were wrong, choosing I didn't have the right people around me, choosing and recognizing distractions and being clear about what I want. And so I wanted to share those experiences with the world to, to encourage at least one person to go for it when it doesn't seem like they're, they're supposed to make it or to go for it after an injury or to recover after their surgery. So I really wanted to encourage 
just one person to be their best. And uh, thankfully, I've already been able to do so through the book Mindset for Mastery. That's amazing, man. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. And one of the things that um, has kind of come up for me with coaching and coaching high-level athletes is trying to get to that space where you're complete, whole, like full of just like uh, self-worth and value as you go through the journey. I use the example of Alexander Ovechkin, who's a hockey player, one of the greatest hockey players in the modern era, and it took him forever to win a Stanley Cup. Then he won the Stanley Cup, right? He got to that pinnacle. And that's maybe like a two-week process, maybe a month, right, if you draw it out, but you win. And then you got to go back to the day-to-day. You got to go back to the family. You got to go back to the process. You got to go back to that thing. So you kind of have this goal of whatever it is, if it's entrepreneurship, sport, getting a wife, whatever the case is, it's once you get there, it's fleeting. And it's more about like, how can you go through that process and and deal with failure? So maybe you can touch on some of the things that either you experienced or, or even just the value of of failure, because I think that reframing how we feel about failure is super important in skateboarding. It's all failure. You try like a thousand kickflips and then you get one. You're like, yes, got one. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can, I still believe I can do a kickflip to this day. But yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you, know, you know, your first kickflip, then all of a sudden it's an expectation. You're like, oh crap, right? But well, you know, I, I'd start with life, like you mentioned, because it's, it's about failing in life too. I mean, before I met my wife, I, I had failed at finding, you know, someone that uh, I really enjoyed and was happy myself with, you know what I mean? I was my best self and I could be around this person. So I'm so glad that I didn't just succumb to failure and not ask my wife out on a date you know what I mean? Because I'd yet to find love at that moment. I think my kids are happy about that too. You know what I mean? So uh, failures all around us in life. You can watch any NFL football game this weekend. There's going to be failure. And that's the part we love, right? The underdog, the, the comeback story, the, the Super Bowl championship, uh, you know, where the Patriots came back from down 27 in the fourth quarter. We love these stories. And it's because of the failure we get to see. And one of the things, you know, one of the big failures in my life and my career was in my fifth year of the NFL. I had a coach who wanted me to do some new things, try some new things, and I was unwilling. I was arrogant. I thought I knew how to play football. I thought I was the best player I could ever be, and I didn't need any improvement. And as you can imagine, I got fired. And, you know, I'd never been more embarrassed in my life. You know, I had family coming to town two weeks later uh, to see their first game. I had how am I going home to my wife and telling her in our first year of marriage, I lost my job because I was arrogant. How do I tell my friends I lost my job because I was unwilling, you know, and I had tears in my eyes and my hands were just shaking in disbelief as I was driving away from the Broncos facility. And I'm big with my mindset. I built my mindset through the words. I am, I can, I will. And I decided in those moments, you know, driving home, you know, I am a good husband without being a Denver Bronco. I can be, a great husband without being a Denver Bronco. I can make sure I never lose my job again because of my unwillingness to work. I can make sure I'm never lazy and arrogant again. I will make sure that the next opportunity I make, I will do everything I can. And sure enough, the next morning I got a call by Gary Kubiak, who was then the coach of Houston Texans. And he said, hey, Ryan, I think you can help us win. Why don't you come on down here and play for the Texans? I I can do that, coach. And I got down there and I did what I said I will do. And I I asked more questions. I studied more film. I lifted more. I practiced my technique. And because of that, I got a call two years later from Gary Kubiak, who was back with the Denver Broncos, the team who had released me. And he said, Ryan, I think you can help us win a championship. And I need you to come in here and show these young guys how to work. And I said, 
I can do that, coach. And I went to partake in one of the best years of my entire career, winning Super Bowl 50, winning it a year after I had played and started in 16 games of the Kansas City Chiefs, and they told me I had no football left. And I chose in my mind that they were wrong, and I went out and won a Super Bowl and then went to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a storied franchise. And um, so that's just one example, two examples of the failures that I've overcame and worked through. Uh, and there are many, many more, as you know as well. Men, holy crap. You touched on so much there that I, that I want to dive into. But I think first and most importantly, let's see that. Is that your Super Bowl ring? I think, yeah. that, I think we should have a look. Oh, man, congrats. Yeah, you know, a very, a very good <laughs> friend of mine, uh, Anthony Magicomo, he uh, won a CFL uh, championship. So, you know, I got to see his ring and all that. So it's a super incredible accomplishment. So, um, yeah. so yeah, you touched on a lot there. And I, I think that where I want to go with it is like, how, the first part is like, how do you um, overcome that like rejection? Like we're, cause think about younger, right? When you're in little league and it doesn't matter where the process is, there's going to be factors outside of you that tell you you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not fast mm -hmm. enough. And I can't remember where I heard it. I think it was on a, a podcast. Someone was asking um, Arnold Schwarzenegger what the difference between a, a champion was and somebody who wasn't. He's like a champion, someone who's willing to get, go past the pain go past yeah. that rejection, you know, and skateboarding, it's such a good example for me because you look at, if you look at how most of them, how many times it takes to land that one trick for that three part, they might try 30 times, you know, a yeah. hundred times sometimes it's ridiculous. And so it's just like failure is not permanent. You fail when you give up. There's a great Bruce Lee quote as well. Something like there is no failure. It's just when you stop trying something along those lines. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could speak on that. Yeah, you know, one of my great friends and, and former teammate, John Carlson, says it best, failure is not fatal. And that's a decision you have to make, though. You know what I mean? Because, unfortunately, I think a lot of times we want to try and fail and say it didn't work. Right? Oh, I, I wanted to become a broadcaster, but I, you know, I couldn't get a job where I wanted to be, so it wasn't for me. Like, I read the signs and the tea leaves, and I was like, well, you know, did you give the effort? And one of the things that kept me through those times that I experienced too, like you said, I'm not good enough. I'm not fast enough, you know, and sometimes it's people that try and tell you that. I remember being a high school athlete. I'm a sophomore and they said, all right, we're getting in line. Well, I said, I can get in the front of the line and they'd elbow me back in my freshman year at, at Notre Dame. I got in a fight the first night because they wanted to push me back in line in the snack line. Yes, I'm a lineman. We eat. So, okay. A lot of fights happen around food, but I, you know, I placed myself there. I, I, from an early age, I didn't care about failing. I cared about being the best I could be. And one of the phrases that really helps me in times of failure, in times of self-doubt, is the phrase, I can. Because one of the things in the NFL, when you, when you get your hands knocked down by a pass rusher or you give up a sack, it's easy to say, what happened? Like, what did I do wrong? Like, where was the mistake? That's all in the past, right? But instead, you say, okay, what can I do next time? So Terrell Suggs knocked down my arms. Okay, well, next time I can make sure to change up my hand punch and do one at a time, or I can flash them and then hit them real quick. You know, there's all, what, now, I'm, now I'm taking action. Now I'm seeing opportunity. Now I have a willingness. So I always encourage people wherever they're at and whatever time, whether it's being sick for a week or if it's, if it's trying to go for that job, and losing it, what can you do? What can you do? And I just, you know, retired woman I talked to lately, uh, she was an older woman. She said, I want to get a job, but I don't know what I can do. And I said, well, what can you do to get a job? So she went to these, you know, seminars on, on teaching how to make a resume, on language that we're using in the workplace now, on how to use Zoom, you know what I'm saying, on how to 
how to send an email and, and create your email signature. So I can always help me find the things I can do, the pieces of my game I was missing and the belief that I didn't even have in myself sometimes. Man, yeah. Uh, so, so important. So on point, it makes me think about, you know, when I started to try to teach people about the Zen athlete book, it was like the principles of, of what it was, the mindset necessary to not give up, to give your best opportunity and things like that and how to teach it to kids. And as, as much as I could boil it down was you teaching a kid to shoot a free throw shot. First step is to clear your mind, take in three deep breaths because it's a fundamental shift in consciousness, whether you can stop that internal chatter because a lot of the time it's not even the external world. It's you being a total knob to yourself, 100%. you giving yourself that crap. So you got to be able to shut that off. Second thing is to visualize the shot going in. And this tells people that you influence your reality. You might not, right? Just like you're saying, what I can do, I can do this. This is things I can do. Um, and then the third thing is you might miss that shot. Failure is a part of it. What's the most powerful and positive perspective you can have in that situation? And these three fundamentals, most children don't have, but I think it's mandatory if you're going to be at an elite level just to say, hey, this failure is just an opportunity to grow. Every martial artist know that failure is a part of it and you, you learn just like, you know, when you're talking about getting fired and coming back even stronger than that. Yeah. And so you can add on to that if you want, because I have a follow-up question. Yeah, well, I mean, and what you're talking about, I always tell people is process. You know, how you catch a football is no different than how you catch a game-winning catch, how you make a game-winning block. What's the process there? And once you start going into that process, you turn off that internal noise. Okay, on a, on a reach block, I'm going to take a left step, right step, throw my hips upfield, find my target, strike it with all my might, reset my hips and go upfield. Now, is that the game-winning block or a zone block? It doesn't matter as long as you're in the process. So I'm with you 100% of that. And that's whether you're an athlete or just somebody going through life. What's the process that you're going through to get, your, get yourself out of your own mind? Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, all of these tools, like your book, I'm really excited to read it. I'd love an autographed copy. I'm going to hit you up after that for on the way. For brother, I got you. Yes. Thank you, man. And, um, you know, I'm in the book, uh, five rings, no, 11 rings. So many. The book, the book of five rings, but then yeah. Phil Jackson also had a great book, the 11 rings of success. Uh, oh, that oh that's people. also a good, okay. I thought you meant the Phil Jackson one first, the book of five rings. That's about the, uh, samurai. My local Musashi. Yeah, yeah. man. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yes. All right. Love it. Also a good book. Um, yeah. shoot. I, I lost my train. I thought we were going there, but okay. We'll go, we'll go with this. You know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier about, you know, we're on the planet, right? It's really great. When we're young, we want all the money, we want the cars, right? We want the NFL championship. We want the spinning rims, whatever the crap we want. And yeah. that's what we're moving through life. And we're high school. We're trying to figure out who we are, right? Then when you're out of college, you're like, oh, crap, how do I make some money so I can drive around and have a roof over my head? Lots of stress going on. Um, yeah. So with sport, I think there's a massive opportunity to kind of um, empower youth and people around the world with like a, a little bit of a real mindset. And also you touched a little bit on it where you came in as a veteran and they do this a lot in all sports. Who is the old guy, the captain that shows all the young guys, this is what it's about. This is how you conduct yourself. It's yes, there's this element of it. And I don't know how, sh how um, real the show ballers is, but um, it's pretty real. That's yeah, why yeah. that, yeah. Ballers I was, and uh, <laughs> any given Sunday are about the closest football <laughs> things you could see. I mean, those are, those are real depictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had, uh, shoot, I'm 
blanking on his name, but I had worked with another NFL athlete for a little bit, amazing guy. And he, he had told me that he's just like, yeah, ballers is pretty accurate, but I'm wondering if you can touch on just um, what it is to mean, like, what are you empowering the young guys with as a veteran? Like, what does that mean to be like the captain or the way shower in a sense? And how do you feel we have an opportunity as the athletes and sport, the power of sport in general to positively impact the world? I love what you call it a way shower. Because one of the things, and I talk about it in Mindset for Mastery, is with leadership, you cannot lead by example. You leave out so much context and, and, and so much failure, right? One of the things is we won the Super Bowl. I was a nine-year veteran. Those guys thought I'd already always had it together. Well, no, you know, I didn't. And one of our players was struggling mightily. And, I, and instead of ridiculing him and trying to embarrass him, which is what a lot of people do, rarely do we perform in that, high, in that type of environment, I went up to him. I said, hey, listen, man, I used to make three to four mistakes a game. And then I started feverishly taking notes. I took notes on the schedule, anything coach said, and I would review it Wednesday night. Then I'd take notes on Thursday, and I'd review Wednesday and Thursday's notes again. And then Friday, I'd give myself a break. And Saturday, I wouldn't even turn on my TV because I just was reviewing notes, going to bed early. And wouldn't you know, the very next day, the young man had a notebook and three pens taking down notes, right? You got to lead with an example. And one of the things I always did as a veteran, too, I, t- I told Cass, eliminate the distractions. You've got to learn to eliminate distractions. One of the things that happens when you're in the NFL is you get people that want to come in on a Friday night. Hey, I'm coming in out of town to Denver Friday night. Where are we eating dinner? What are we doing? Woo, woo. Well, in the NFL, Friday night's my Wednesday, right? So, I mean, because I'm playing on Sunday. So, I t- it took me time to tell those people around me, hey, listen, you want to come in? You can come in on a Saturday when I'm right, and we can meet right before I leave for the hotel. And then you want to hang out? Let's hang out to stay till Monday. Well, 99% of people don't want to stay till Monday, and that's fine because that was a distraction for me. We can hang out any Friday night of the week outside of the season just because it's your vacation doesn't mean I'm not trying to win a championship. And you've got to learn how to recognize distraction. Who are distractions in your life? What are distractions in your life? When are certain things distractions in your life? I love vacations, but it's not time to take a vacation all the time, right? But there are times for a vacation. And I also tell guys, why is this a distraction for you? Why are your video games a distraction for you? Why is smoking weed every night a distraction for you being your best player? I mean, are you trying to handle anxiety? Are you trying to, to, to go get away from the responsibilities you have? That's As long as you understand it, you know what I mean? Now we're talking about performance. Now we're talking about why you're doing what you're doing, and you're changing your consciousness around that already. So I always try to lead with an example for guys, and I always try to show them how to recognize distractions. Yeah, man. I think, I think that's a huge one. And I, I can relate being in Whistler and there was just, I was there for eight years traveling the world, snowboarding. It was incredibly uh, amazing, but it got to the point where I needed something else and there was just too much around. So I, I knew myself and I had to remove myself um, from that environment. And I just want to kind of go back. I remember what I wanted to share about like the failure piece and what we do as athletes and human beings. Let's say you're a tennis player or a football player, you drop the pass. What we do is we repeat that in our mind to beat ourselves up. In snowboarding, you can't do that. If, you, if I fall on a backflip, bad, it goes in my mind and I replay, replay, fear comes in, I start to get stressed and that's what I'm focusing on. The basics of law of attraction is whatever I give my attention, energy or focus to, I get more of. So if mm-hmm. I say, don't think about a pink panda or don't imagine a cute yellow kitty, your mind right. has to go do that. So when you're doing that, not only are you getting more stressed out, 
you're going to, you're, you're going to not perform because you have to perform at ease when you're, where you're fighting or you're a, a snowboarder, or extreme sports athlete, you need to be loose when you're going to do something crazy, like confident yeah. and loose. So the second you drop the ball, just, okay, cool. You dropped it, replay it in your mind and look at how it was supposed to go. So if I fall on a backflip, I replay it in my mind on the chairlift. How is it supposed to go? This is what it is. I can do it this way. Exactly what you're talking about before. And if people yeah. just take that little mindset with everything they do in their life, it's going to be a huge upgrade because you're spending more time in imagining and creating the future that you prefer rather than dwelling on something that happened and beating the crap out of yourself for the rest of the day for it or the rest of the game. Well, and you mentioned something else in there too, visualization, right? I am huge on visualization. You build new neural pathways. And that's why so many of your favorite athletes can give a great interview after they're done winning the biggest game of their life because they've seen it. They've been there. And the night before the Super Bowl, I was dreaming about raising the trophy, one of the goals I wrote down. And, and I visualized raising that trophy. But for whatever reason, I could only see it from the bottom up, which is weird because I'd never really seen the Lombardi trophy like that, what they give you when you win the Super Bowl. And sure enough, the next night, Peyton Manning hands me down the Super Bowl trophy, and there I'm seeing it from the bottom up. And I'm just out of my mind thinking, I've seen this before, I've been here before. But that's what happens with visualization. You get to see your success before you achieve it, and you get to remove some of those negative thoughts and build in the belief because of that visualization. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and in sport, like you, you played football or professional sport to the highest level. This becomes a necessity and it's available to everyone, but we don't have that like necessity where like we have this opportunity, but the um, inspiration or goal, is it meaningful enough for us to overcome those failures? So little tiny bumps will set us back. But when, when it's meaningful enough, you could have the greatest hurdle and you're going to get over it because you're just going to chip away, chip away, chip away until you get there. So visualization and overcoming failure is is available to everyone. This mindset's available to everyone. It's actually not that complicated, right? When you break it down, it's, it's just that willingness to do it. And no matter where you are in your life, if you apply these things, your mindset's going to be so much greater than like the average, let's say status quo, because you're applying things that aren't generally normal. And that's why with the Zen athlete or the podcast is just to make some of these concepts about rather than beating yourself up, learn from it. And then what do you want? and making that mainstream because it, it changes your performance in sport. It's very direct, but in your life, it's going to change your life. Yeah. It changes the world and it's a choice, right? I mean, our mindset's a choice we make every day. I could tell you, I woke up this morning, took my kids to school and came to work at the radio station. And now I'm on a podcast or I could tell you, man, I woke up this morning. Woo! Got to take my kids to school. We had some quality time. We listened to some holiday tunes on the way. It was lunch bunch, so I packed them a nice little lunch <laughs> and they did a little treat because I like treats myself. Then I got to go to work, humanize and educate people about the game they love. And then I get to meet my guy, man, whose podcast that I've loved, man, for so long. And it's an honor to be on it. I mean, what's different about what happened in that day other than the way I chose to look at it? And, our, and that's the big thing with mindset that I tell people. You choose your mindset every day. You choose after you mess up that backflip on the snowboard, whether you're going to go for it again. And if you're going to go for it again, what choice do you have but to be confident? You know, and, and I always think about my favorite quote from Muhammad Ali. I am, I am the greatest. I called myself that before I knew I was. Everybody has self-doubt. 
and champions just choose to overcome it. And everybody has the ability to make that choice. That's amazing, man. I love that. It's so true. And, and I think that there's a misconception where uh, athletes or uh, champions or things like that, they, it's like all easy. You know, it's, it's, they really need to get more of those behind the scenes of how challenging it is. And it's all of our own process. And, you know, I think to go like one step deeper, you could see in the NFL where um, or acting like Jim Carrey said, I wish everybody could be rich and famous. So they know that's not the answer. So many right. young people today are trying to get to that goal of what you've achieved and, that, and everybody that gets there, if they were unhappy and unfulfilled before they got there, that thing, getting the NFL, getting that million dollar contract, it doesn't change anything. You just have a different experience in a different car with a different logo on it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you feel real with cool for a minute. Suck, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, man. So go ahead. The, the greatest athletes I've been around, I mean, and I tell young players all the time, you want to be great or you want to be famous? Mm -hmm. You want to be famous, you might get to achieve what you want. It'll be short-lived because how can you capture fame, right? You want to be known for playing football or do you want to be great at playing football so people know that's what you do? You know, I mean, there's going to be enough, there's going to be fame you can't even think of if you go for being great. But so many young cats, they want to be famous. You know, one of the first-round draft picks, uh, DeAndre, Ant oh, oh, I'm going to say his name wrong, Aiton. He's with the uh, Phoenix uh, Suns. And he said, you know, I'm not a basketball player. I'm an entertainer. I'm like, well, who wants an entertainer as a basketball player? You want a champion, right? Did Michael Jordan care about entertaining people? No. Was he entertaining when he was kicking tail left and right? Absolutely. Is Steph Curry worried about you having a good time in the stands when he shoots a three? Or is he talking to trying to put a dagger in his opponent and that's what you see when he's doing that. It's a very different way to live life and to perform. And you got to just go for being great. Why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree and resonate with that. And I think it goes like, for me, having the martial arts background and things like that, it's like when I'm teaching an athlete specifically, if they have a, if they choke, it, I, they know when we are, are interviewing, I know for sure what it's going to come down to is probably self-worth not being good enough, not being valued. So they'll get to that point. And if you don't build that up, like you got to be worthy of like, so I use this in that example on the podcast a lot. If you're LeBron James and you're going to, you got, or whoever you are, and you got that moment where it's like, okay, the play's coming to you and everything is on the line. The NFL championship, the NBA championship, it's one free throw. Nobody's blocking you. You know what I mean? Just a catch. You're wide open. If you're about to do that and you as a human being are whole, and harmonious and, and, and value yourself. And you know what, like I'm an amazing person and I play a game for a living or I'm an entrepreneur, but who I am is solid. I'm freaking awesome. And I want to make this catch. This is my intention. I'm going to make it with like one finger and it'll be heroic if I have to, but mm -hmm. you're doing it with no stress hormones because your self-worth and your identity is not on the line. And when your yeah. identity of you being the best is there, you are now stressed. You cannot help that stress come going to happen. And so yeah. if you can do both, it's, it's the optimal performance. And in, in martial arts, it forces this because you can't go into a fight rigid. You can't. You have to be smooth and adapt and like be aware. It's not like grunt, you know what I mean? Like deadlift as much as you can. It's one force and you will it, you know what I mean? It's like this balance of surrender and intention. And then also the letting go, you know, I miss, so LeBron's up there. You're about to make, miss it. You miss the, you miss the ball and you frig it up. Shit. You're not going to feel great. Right. 
but you go over and you're like, oh man, and you can hug your team. You go back to your family. You're doing good in the community. You're in, you know what I mean? You, that's a part of you, but not all of you. And one yeah. good example I find is PK Subban, um, professional hockey player, right? Man. My he's guy, so, man. He's so great. And win or lose, he's like, he just, I think you, I don't know if it was the conference finals or, or the, yeah, I think it was the conference finals and he loses game seven and he just, he just gives the best speech. You know, he's like, man, we played so good. I really wanted to win, right? I, he is so passionate about hockey, but he's like, hats off to the other guys. You know what I mean? He's aware of like the whole thing, donates to hospitals, and it's just he has a good life. And he, as an expression of himself, is one of the best hockey players in the world. And so you, as an expression of yourself as an athlete, can be that, but you're also more than that. Who were you at 60, right? And so who can you be while you go through that process? Be the best you I, I, I'm going to drop it there and just give it back to you because I'm going on. No, man, a hundred percent, man. And it, and, it, and it comes down to belief. And after, uh, you know, after losing game seven, what choice do you have? You know, you know I mean, and, and we understand when people cry because it does mean that's much to them and whatever your reaction is, but you lose belief that you'll be back, you know, and similarly in retirement, that changes for guys. You know what I mean? It, it changed for me of, Hey, I know what it takes to get done to get this done and you know what that's not meaningful to me anymore I, I just that's not my that's not where I want to live my life anymore and at the same time that, that takes you out and I looked at Derek Jeter's quote you know in my retirement I was like you know what other athletes have kind of gone through retirement Derek Jeter said hey if you could drop me into the world series I'd be happy to come back and play but I know everything it takes to get there and, and the same way people say do you miss the game I said hell no I know what it takes to get up on a Monday morning after a Sunday after a Sunday game. I know what it takes to get in on a Monday on a Tuesday morning at 4 a.m. because you had a Monday night game on the East Coast and then come in and get some workout in at 11. You know, I know what that life's like. I know what it's like to feel like your whole world's ending because you lost the game, but then you get the opportunity to win next week. I know everything that goes into it. I know that every practice I'm going to be out there 15 minutes early to work on my technique that I use on a daily basis. I know I'm going to put extra time in away from my family. It's, I just celebrated my third Thanksgiving of my life, you know, because otherwise you have a 6 a.m. practice and then you're done at 2 and you go see your family. And one, your mind is still on the game. But two, you're exhausted already. You have practice, you know, sometimes a padded practice. So I'm enjoying Thanksgiving now. So it's all these things that I know what it takes and it commands so much of you. But that's like you said, how you can give your whole self, you can be your best self without putting that stress on you because that's what you want to do. And that's what you dedicate your, your technique and your efforts towards. Yeah, man. Yeah. I love all that. And that, that's what I think it's about really is like giving your best effort, you know, in a team sport, it's, it's less as, as uh, finite as like snowboarding or extreme sports. It's like, it's just you, um, but just give your best effort. And that's all you can intend to do. I can only intend to land a backflip. I can only intend to land a double backflip. But when I go home, the person I am is beyond that achieve, you know, that thing I'm trying to be the best snowboarder, best martial artist, whatever. It's a huge part of what I'm doing, but doing it with it with a bit of a wider scope, I think is, is really important. And um, what I was curious about is wondering if you could give some of your advice to up and coming athletes, people listening to you, they're looking up to you, they want to be an NFL champion. And also, I know that a lot of athletes have um, trouble retiring. Um, you know what I mean? They don't, that's what everything they did. That's what their focus was. And now it's gone. And there's like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Yeah. Well, I think for the first thing for young athletes coming up, forget everybody else. You know, no one believed I would play in the NFL before I did. 
Not a single person. People laughed at me. I didn't have friends because of it. In college, I didn't have friends because of it. In high school, I really didn't have a, a whole bunch of friends throughout the first NFL years because I was on some different shit. When I was in college, I didn't care about partying. Because I'll tell you what, as much as you love partying, let me tell you the best parties you can go to are after you win a Super Bowl. Okay, so what kind of parties do you want to go to? Decide right now. You want to go and share a bottle of a favorite cheap drink with your friends? Great. You want to get some of the best steak of your life and have a have a, 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 a nightclub introduce you and your teammates and Rick Ross came and did a special concert for us after we won the Super Bowl? I mean, what kind of partying do you want to do? And it takes different levels to get there. So for young athletes, forget everybody else. But the other thing I'll tell young athletes is the game owes you nothing. The athletes that I see that waste their talent are athletes that think when I put in time that when, when I w went to work out after, uh, at 8 a.m. after my high school graduation, they think that I'm, you're owed something for that. The game does not owe you anything. You're not owed for the work you put in. You put in the work to be as great as you can be, and at the end of the day, if that's not good enough, you go back and you work harder or you move on. But don't ever mistake the fact that this game or whatever game or whatever life or whatever business you choose owes you something because it doesn't. Get that out of your mind right away. So forget everybody else and don't ever look for a receipt on the payments you put in because you're just making a deposit on your dreams and you can't get those back. So I tell people that, you know, young athletes, just go for it. And in terms of retirement, you know, it's hard. It's hard to retire and it's hard to leave your identity. You know, one of the things I had to deal with in retirement, how do I handle, uh, you know, an argument without a fist fight? In the NFL, Matt, if you, were gonna, if you were a habitual line stepper, I would come and tag your ass in practice and you would know exactly what it was about, you know? Who just knocked the crap? Oh, it's, okay, all right, Ryan, I get it, you know? Or if you were talking trash, I'd fight you. And that was okay. Well, we got HR departments in, in broadcasting, right? You can't just haul off and punch somebody because they've been talking trash. So not only is it an identity, but it's an environment change. I mean, you're a snowboarder. You're a former snowboarder. I mean, all of a sudden, you're skateboarding. That's a different environment. You know what I'm saying? That's a different, that's different language. That's different words. So I think one of the things that tri trips athletes up are that they stay in their identity and they don't realize their environment's changing. You know, one of my great mentors told me a fish doesn't know it's in water. You're in water when you're in that identity as an athlete, as a former business person, as a pastor, as a teacher. And you really got to work on who you are and you got to take action. You know, Coach Kubiak, uh, when we won the Super Bowl, he said, hey, the guys who are successful in retirement get into something. And I know I've got guys who have called me to buy back their Mercedes-Benz at a lower price, buy back used backpacks, right? And I also know guys who got into something and now run a multi-million dollar roach extermination company and who are teachers and who are going to get their law degrees. So I, I think also in retirement and really in changes and transitions, we want to know that what we're doing is going to pay off. We don't get those answers all the time. And in the NFL, you don't get those answers when you walk on the field that everything you did the week before is going to help you win that game. you got to just go do it. And so I just advise people to take action, whatever action it is, take action. Do something new. Try something new. Call someone new. And that way you can keep yourself in motion and bump into new people. That's awesome, man. Super practical advice. I'm not even going to add on because uh, I know I'm going to be pressed for time and I want to ask you a few more questions. Um, one of the things that I really loved about your bio and when I was reading up about the book, you know, you, you write, um, you know, you believe that together we can change the world. 
um, that it is our right to be extraordinary, that when we embrace that right, we create positive change in the world and through our commitment to educate ourselves, invest in our communities and act on our passions, real change happens. That is a very profound paragraph. That's, I attempt to write things like that with Zen Athlete and things like that to get that precise. If you did that all your own, like it's, it's beautiful, it's very intentional and important. So I just want to commend you on that writing and that intention um, because yeah. I, I know what it takes to get that specific. What I wanted to ask was, um, I touched on a little bit earlier, how do we improve the world? You know, what do you see in sport or in mindset or arcade? How, how do you see this world becoming a better place? You know, either using sport in general, getting involved in communities or, you know, the, the motive behind that sentence. Yeah, well, I can tell you like one time after we won the Super Bowl, I was signing some autographs and this uh, older woman said, you, you know, thank you for being a good Christian boy and not one of those terrorist Muslims. <laughs> I, said, I said, wow. I said, well, hey, do you like the Denver Broncos? She's like, of course, that's why I'm here. I'm like, do, do you like that we won the Super Bowl? She's like, I love every one of you who brought a Super Bowl to us. I said, well, here's the thing, ma'am. I am Muslim, but I'm really happy that you came and I'm happy that you're excited that we won a Super Bowl for you. And so with sport, you get to make these bridges and have these conversations, you know. But my thing about changing the world is that it's going to change anyways, right? And either we're going to be a part of it or not. And if you're not, you better not complain. You know, I, talk, I do a lot of speaking like you. And one of the things I tell young black athletes, and I, and I forgive me for my language, but I say, if you do not graduate with the degree, you get to shut the fuck up about anything that happens. Because you're, t you're cowarding out when you have an opportunity to get a degree. I mean, you got to be honest with people. We're going to change the world. Either we're going to get to gender equity or we're not. Either African-Americans and minorities are going to become CEOs and have skills that need to be hired and, and be a part of teams or we're not. But we're tell you what's not going to happen is anything if we sit on our butts and do anything about it. And part of it is believing that we have the right, not just the ability, but the right to be extraordinary. I have the right to be in a boardroom. I have the right to ask a question. I have the right to contribute. And, you, and if you want to take that away from me, well, okay, I got my mindset here. Okay, well, you just didn't, I didn't get that job. Well, what can, what can I do? Well, I can stay here and work. I can look for another job. I can build another skill so the next time that that job comes up, I can get it because I have an added skill. I can work as though I did get that job, right? I can hire people underneath me so that the next time that they hire somebody, they have to hire somebody of a diverse candidate. You know, we do, I, I, I've been asked to be a board member on a couple of organizations. I told one of them, I'd love to support you, but you need to have three female members on your board. Well, you know, if you don't want my participation, great, but now I, I'm making a choice to change the world and to change the, the, the groups that want to be associated together and do work together. Well, let's really do work and let's mean, let's mean it when we say it. So my big thing with mindset is once you accept that you have the right to be extraordinary, you know, it's on you to do the education. You have to have a skill people want, a skill that contributes, a skill that brings value. But then also you start with your community. I do a radio show here in Denver. Right? I, I love being a part of the Denver community here. Uh, and then you got to act on your passions, whether that's surfing, snowboarding. Uh, my wife's an artist. Like, just do that. Be great at it and know you have the right to be extraordinary at it. And anybody who tells you different is just a step you step on on the way all the way up. 
That's awesome, man. It's, it's so on point. And I, and I really love the, the wording, you have the right to be extraordinary. It reminds me of this quote, and maybe someone out there will get the exact quote, but it's um, something like, just like the trees and the sun, like you have every right to exist here on the planet. And it's interesting that whatever's happening culturally, um, and I've looked at enough conspiracy stuff, I've been, I'm just really interested in mindset and persuasion and how things are set up, right? Like the, the whole fashion, you got to look this way, you got to be this smart, you got to get this car. Nobody can afford a Mercedes, man. I've been no. talking about it, people are going to get annoyed with me, but I just bought a Volvo. It's 1200 bucks and I'm driving and I am grateful. I used to have a Volkswagen Touareg when I worked in cars and it was baller and it was great, but I'm driving and I'm stoked. But when I was younger, I had to have the nice car and I probably will one day, but it's like the value like around that. So I don't, I don't have the right to be valuable because my car is 1200 bucks. You know, that's a shit right. car, you know, or I am stoked oh, right? <laughs> and I can go snowboarding and I can sleep in the back now. And then I yeah. can go crush the mountains. Like it's a whole different mindset. So, or yeah. you own that car and you have no payment. <laughs> yeah, so totally. when you go get that ski pass at the Aspen ski thing for the weekend, people are like 400 bucks, man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, you can do it. The cat with the bends is waiting for a ride at the bus and, and, and borrowing someone's skis and snowboard because you own your car. You know what I'm saying? You own that thing. Yeah, man. And it, you know, it's like what we're like, like, and it's so curious, like why we don't feel valuable, you know, why, why we need all this external material. And that's like, when you look at any um, teaching on like ascension or like enlightenment, it's moving out of the material. It's a whole yeah. different space. Not that materialism is bad. You're just in a certain space and to get to a little bit more mental freedom. Like you have this whole planet. Just look at like a dolphin roaming the ocean. You have that opportunity as a human. Probably you have to let go a lot of the stuff you think is as important and it's not as important. And it's taking up all your time to get the stuff that's not important. If you just want a, like a regular watch that tells time, you can get it at Byway for one buck. But if you yeah. want, you know, one that's like 20 grand and you flash people and you try to blind them with your bling all the time, you can do that, but it's going to be a lot of effort to get that. You know what I mean? And you could go and live people will like call it. your bluff on it, you know? And I always yeah. tell people, it's okay to like nice things. Just don't be nice things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't know what kind of car I drive. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? What kind of value do I bring? And then one of the things in the NFL you know, I tell guys, how many cars can you drive at the same time? You know, people want to have multiple cars. It's like, well, unless you have a need for it, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And, but like you said, it's a total different mindset. And we got to make sure, you know, that we walk that fine line of enjoyment, but not becoming the things that we buy. Because like you said earlier, you can buy that new Benz, but you're still going to have those problems when you get in that Benz that you didn't address because you didn't work on you and your mindset and your ability. Yeah, man, you, you, I couldn't have said it better. So on point, you can have the nice things, but it's not going to like fix anything. And yeah, you can only drive one car. I'm going to have a nice ass car when I'm older, I assure you. And, but also if you, when you get one, they also go way too fast, too fast. I've been in a Ferrari, I've been in Viper, I've been in a few, I sold cars for a while. You can't drive them anywhere. They go like 200 instantly when you punch it. You just... Yeah do the racetrack every second weekend and give her. But what yeah. I wanted to get to you, um, you, you brought up an important point and I, sh I struggle with this and how to do it like as compassionately as I can. Um, I went to the parliament of world religions. I grew up a Christian and, um, and this podcast is about spirituality. And I'm always, I really want to be careful and to say, look, I don't care what religion you are, atheist, um, whatever it could be that's okay. That's not what I'm trying to get at. But when I go to the parliament of world religions and I see these different things, there are some times 
where we're using religion to like make something else okay. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like that lady is like, oh, I'm a Christian. Like how many Christians or Catholics, like the Catholic church, you know, if you're Catholic, it's fine. I know great Catholics. Yeah, I, I love right, them. Right. But the Catholic church did indeed massacre millions of Native American people. And it's still a problem today. And that's, a, that's like an institutional thing. It's not a personal thing. But what a religious person, I, I value them and I love the communities that are created. And if you look at the principles of what the prophets were saying or the masters or whatever, they're very similar. But we yeah. get messed up as a society where we start to take it literal and then it becomes a competition. And then there has to be this opposition rather than seeking understanding. And that's why I like people who are religious and I um, have respect for them because they're seeking a better life. They're seeking a connection with spirit. Um, but it can get hairy and right. You're, you're a Muslim. Like just go, you know, you're, you're in the States. Like, Oh dear. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, I, I don't know if I'm really forming a question on this, but it's like, how do you feel about like the state of like maybe religious affairs? Like what does it mean to be a Muslim and how can we create more understanding rather than, you know, you go down to the South, right? Go down to the South 40 years ago and be a black Muslim. <laughs> like, Oh God, it's not safe. right now. Be a black Muslim. I'll tell you what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not safe. Fuck. Well, you know, the big, the big thing for me, you know, and I, I love, uh, I, I love, I think it was uh Sheikh Hamza, one of the sheikhs that got people, uh, spiritual leaders that I follow, you know, scholars in Islam. And he said, uh, Religious person is someone who believes in hell. A spiritual person who is, is someone who's been to hell and doesn't want to go back, right? So to me, you always want to build commonalities. You know, whether you're, whether you're uh, Christian and I'm Muslim, we can both talk about our love for snow, right? And I talk about how, like, you know, a bird goes to a, to, goes to a turtle, I'm better than you because I can fly. And the turtle says, well, I'm better than you because I can swim. And then, you know, here's another version, the turtle or the, the bird comes to the turtle and says, I'm better than you can than, because I can fly. And the turtle says, you can talk too. You know what I mean? Like, where do you want to go? You know, it's all a choice and where you take this. And, and one of the things that I realized is that, you know, I, I wasn't brought up to hate. I wasn't taught to hate. You know, I have very different colors and we have different, uh, we have immigrants in my family and we have, uh, you know, just strong cultures in my family, but different cultures. And so to me, I wasn't taught hate. So I always, I, I try not to react to where people are, but try and build a bridge to where people can go. And, and I think you do that through, you know, whether you agree or disagree with, with even religion. Can we talk about being a parent? Can we talk about whatever city we're in, the traffic we're in? Can we laugh together so we can see each other as human beings? And I think that's really how we begin to change the world. Build those commonalities, laugh together so that we can build bonds that are impervious to pain, impervious to difference, and we can start celebrating the contributions each of us can make. Yeah, man, I think that's really well put. And I, I totally agree. And, and I think that if more of us would seek like understanding rather than, you know, this is the wrong way, it's just whatever way that you're expressing in that way, then that's it. Like I had Paris Robinson on, I don't know if he, I'm just releasing it now. And this guy grew up like a gangster in Virginia. And I guess I had the most murders per capita at the time. And he was uh, selling drugs, addicted to drugs, went to jail, did all kinds of crazy stuff. And he goes back to jail. He's addicted to drugs. It's just like the story is nuts. Now he's in a wheelchair. And I'm just like, Oh my God. But like the level of like spiritual, like wisdom he has now from going through his journey is very on point. 
You know, it's just like now he knows because he, he chose a very difficult road. But if you look at him as he's going through that road, it's like, oh, you're a drug dealer. You're, you're the worst of the worst and you should yeah. whatever craziness, right? You don't know what someone's going through and whatever their belief may be. But if we seek understanding rather than imposing another view, you know what 100%. I mean? I think it's, it's, it's something that um, that's what we need to, to change the world because I don't, you know, I don't care what you believe. You know what I mean? You can be a Muslim and you can be a good Muslim. You could, you could be a Muslim and you can be a total asshole. And it's yeah. like, it has nothing to do with your religion. It's just like, yeah, yeah. It turns out you're a dickhead. You know? Here's the thing. We got to share the planet together anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, so why not find somewhere where we can talk about and get to know each other? Why not find that ground instead of staying on opposite sides of the river? You know, I'm from the twin cities, St. Paul, Minnesota, and we have a lot of bridges in town. And the thing about bridges is that there wasn't always a bridge. There were people on either side. But it takes people on both sides to do something, to build those bridges that then bring commerce, that then bring a sharing of ideas, that bring a growth as a society. And we just got to build more bridges, especially now. A hundred percent, man. And I think that when you, when you build those bridges and you seek to build, you know, and, and understand and, and, and see the value in someone else, it doesn't mean you have to believe their way, but there's beauty in all of it and there's truth in all of it. And so when you go with that mindset, you're becoming a better person and you're influencing your community and you're being the example of what you choose to represent through your choices in communication, regardless of a banner, Canadian, American, black, white, religious atheist it doesn't matter it's like you being you and just doing your best because at the end of the day when it look when we get down to it nobody really knows what's going on it's so confusing here we are an illusion you know what i mean this is an illusion and quantum physics is a whole nother thing but we can choose how we act and interact with our environment and we have choice and intention these there's some things we do get to choose and influence so that's super important to um, just consider that how you're acting rather than how everyone else is acting. There's like trillions of different ways to act or believe. I want to be mindful of your time. Um, I know it's traffic and you got kids and you got to do dad stuff. Um, But man, this has just been such a privilege and an honor to speak with you. I'm so grateful for the work you're doing and the intention you're setting and and having that book out there. Um, Is there anything, that you wish that I'd asked or that you want to chat about before we close and feel free to go on as long as you wish. Man, I just wanted to reflect uh, the gratitude back to you, man. I love on your podcast, the different people that you get on your podcast. I love the last episode that, that I listened to with the native American elder, you know, and you have all different types of people. And it just is a, it's so great to know that other people are, are seeking and, and learning to build and seeking to build bridges and learn about, other ways to think and be. And I just appreciate your contributions, man. And thank you for having me on your podcast, brother. Oh, dude, it was the pleasure was all mine. I want to ask you one last thing. What, what would you give for like your last piece of advice for just like the youth out there, anybody listening to, you know, have a little bit more peace and a little bit more contentment in their lives. Celebrate every win. You know, one of the things we did when we won the Super Bowl is we even celebrated losing, you know, uh, because it, it, one of the hardest things to do in the NFL is to lose. So I tell you, celebrate every win, especially if you're going to want to be elite. You want to be great. It's easy to say, I'm not there yet. I haven't done the work. I need an extra piece. But even when you get your cup of coffee today or tomorrow, like what did it take for you to get that cup of coffee? Not just for you to wake up that morning and go to your place, but you know, you had experiences. You had to believe in yourself at some point on the road to get that money to get a coffee celebrate that win celebrate getting coffee celebrate waking up celebrate the love you have in your life there's wins all around us every day 
And we got to recognize those so that we know that our ability, we believe in our, our future, and we can do that by celebrating every win. Awesome, man. I'm super glad I asked that. That was a really great answer. I appreciate you, you man. I look forward to uh, staying in touch and getting your book. Uh, thanks for everything you do. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. Thanks. And until next time, my man. Peace. All right. Yeah, peace. Take care, everybody. Thanks for watching. Peace. All right, guys. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Ryan. If you did, please take screenshots as you go along, share on Instagram, share on social media, tag me. Uh, Ryan's an awesome guy. This is like very practical advice from somebody who reached the pinnacle of sport, one of the hardest things to do in the world. So uh, really grounded, really amazing advice and just an all-around good human. Um, thank you so much for those of you guys who've left a review in iTunes, who support, who've uh, uh, chipped in on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair, that helps immensely. Uh, thank you so much to my sponsor. Himalaya podcast app. Go check them out and follow the Mastermind Body and Spirit show. Um, if you guys want a free lucid dreaming guide, I had a couple people reach out and say, hey, I got it and I did it. And I started to lucid dream. I'm like, heck yeah, man. I know it works. Um, so go uh, mattbelair.com forward slash lucid dreaming. Um, I'm also posting some more videos on YouTube. Some of it, I'm doing some cold training now, just sharing some insights on that. And very, very soon, um, I think I'm going to call it the Mastermind Body and Spirit Club. I don't know exactly, but I'm going to be doing some cold courses where we can dive deeper on all these concepts, mindfulness, law of attraction, personal development, spirituality, finding your life purpose, all that kind of stuff in a portal for you guys. So that's it. I'm tucked away in British Columbia in the mountains. All my love and gratitude to you. And let's just close this out by taking a deep breath in through our nose. Hold that breath, just coming to peace and coherence through our intention. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. All right, have an amazing day, and I will see you in the next episode.